Section two of the Life of Samuel Johnson, Volume two, by James Boswell. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. At night I supped with him at the Mitre Tavern, that we might renew our social intimacy at the original place of meeting. But there was now a considerable difference in his way of living. Having had an illness in which he was advised to leave off wine, he had from that period continued to abstain from it, and drank only water or lemonade. I told him that a foreign friend of his, footnote, Baretti was in Italy at the same time as Boswell, that they met seems to be shown by a passage in Boswell's letter, post-November the 6th, 1766. Malone wrote of him, he appears to be an infidel, Prior's Malone in a footnote, whom I had met with abroad, was so wretchedly perverted to infidelity that he treated the hopes of immortality with brutal levity and said, As a man dies like a dog, let him lie like a dog. Johnson. If he dies like a dog, let him lie like a dog. I added that this man said to me, I hate mankind, for I think myself one of the best of them, and I know how bad I am. Johnson. Sir, he must be very singular in his opinion, if he thinks himself one of the best of men, for none of his friends think him so. He said, No honest man could be a deist, for no man could be so after a fair examination of the proofs of Christianity. I named Hume, footnote, Lord Charlemont records life that Mrs. Mallet, meeting Hume at an assembly, boldly accosted him in these words, Mr. Hume, give me leave to introduce myself to you. We deists ought to know each other. Madam, replied Hume, I am no deist. I do not style myself so neither do I desire to be known by that appellation. Hume in 1763 or 1764 wrote to Dr. Blair about the men of letters at Paris. It would give you and Robertson great satisfaction to find that there is not a single deist among them. J. H. Burton's Hume There was no deist, I suppose, because they were all atheists. Romilly life records the following anecdote which he had from Diderot in 1781. Hume dina avec une grande compagnie chez le baron d'Albach. Il était assis à côté du baron. On parla de la religion naturelle. Pour les athées, disait Hume, je ne crois pas qu'il en existe. Je n'en ai jamais vu. Vous avez été un peu malheureux, répondit l'autre. Vous voici à table avec dix-sept pour la première fois. It was on the same day that Diderot related this that he said to Romilly, Il faut sabrer la théologie. End of footnote. He said no honest man could be a deist, for no man could be so after fair examination of the proofs of Christianity. I named Hume. Johnson. 
no sir hume owned to a clergyman in the bishopric of durham that he had never read the new testament with attention i mentioned hume's notion that all who are happy are equally happy a little miss with a new gown at a dancing school ball a general at the head of a victorious army and an orator after having made an eloquent speech in a great assembly Footnote. the inference upon the whole is that it is not from the value or worth of the object which any person pursues that we can determine his enjoyment but merely from the passion with which he pursues it and the success which he meets with in his pursuit objects have absolutely no worth or value in themselves they derive their worth merely from the passion if that be strong and steady and successful the person is happy it cannot reasonably be doubted but a little miss dressed in a new gown for a dancing school ball receives as complete enjoyment as the greatest orator who triumphs in the splendour of his eloquence while he governs the passions and resolutions of a numerous assembly hume's essays the sceptic pope had written in the essay on man condition circumstance is not the thing bliss is the same in subject or in king see also post april the fifteenth seventeen seventy eight in a footnote johnson so that all who are happy are equally happy is not true a peasant and a philosopher may be equally satisfied but not equally happy happiness consists in the multiplicity of agreeable consciousness a peasant has not the capacity for having equal happiness with a philosopher I remember this very question very happily illustrated in opposition to Hume by the Reverend Mr. Robert Brown at Utrecht. A small drinking glass and a large one, said he, may be equally full, but the large one holds more than the small. Footnote. In Boswelliana, page 220, a brief account is given of his life, which was not altogether uneventful. End of footnote. Dr. Johnson was very kind this evening, and said to me, You have now lived five and twenty years, and you have employed them well. Alas, sir, said I, I fear not. Do I know history? Do I know mathematics? Do I know law? Johnson, why, sir, though you may know no science so well as to be able to teach it, and no profession so well as to be able to follow it, your general mass of knowledge of books and men renders you very capable to make yourself master of any science or fit yourself for any profession i mentioned that a gay friend had advised me against being a lawyer because i should be excelled by plodding blockheads johnson why sir in the formulary and statutory part of law a plodding blockhead may excel but in the ingenious and rational part of it a plodding blockhead can never excel i talked of the mode adopted by some to rise in the world by courting great men and asked him whether he had ever submitted to it johnson why sir i never was near enough to great men to court them 
you may be prudently attached to great men and yet independent you are not to do what you think wrong and so you are to calculate not pay too dear for what you get you must not give a shilling's worth of court for sixpence worth of good but if you can get a shilling's worth of good for sixpence worth of court you're a fool if you do not pay court Footnote. we may compare with this what he says in the rambler number twenty one about the cowardice which always encroaches fast upon such as spend their time in the company of persons higher than themselves in number one hundred and four he writes it is dangerous for mean minds to venture themselves within the sphere of greatness in the court that boswell many years later paid to lord lonsdale he suffered all the humiliations that the brutality of this petty greatness can inflict letters of boswell page three to four see also post september the twenty second seventeen seventy seven in a footnote he said if convents shall be allowed at all they should only be retreats for persons unable to serve the public or who have served it it is our first duty to serve society and after we have done that we may attend wholly to the salvation of our own souls a useful passion for abstracted devotion should not be encouraged footnote. See Boswell's Hebrides, August the nineteenth, seventeen seventy-three. End of footnote. I introduced the subject of second sight and other mysterious manifestations, the fulfilment of which I suggested might happen by chance. Johnson, yes, sir, but they have happened so often that mankind have agreed to think them not fortuitous. Footnote. Johnson works volume nine page one o seven thus sums up his examination of second sight there is against it the seeming analogy of things confusedly seen and little understood and for it the indistinct cry of natural persuasion which may be perhaps resolved at last into prejudice and tradition i never could advance my curiosity to conviction but came away at last only willing to believe see also post march the twenty fourth seventeen seventy five hume said of the evidence in favour of second sight as finite added to finite never approaches a hair's breadth nearer to infinite so a fact incredible in itself requires not the smallest accession of probability by the accumulation of testimony j h burton's hume and a footnote i talked to him a great deal of what i had seen in corsica and of my intention to publish an account of it he encouraged me by saying you cannot go to the bottom of the subject but all that you tell us will be new to us give as many anecdotes as you can footnote i love anecdotes said johnson boswell's hebrides august the sixteenth seventeen seventy three boswell said that johnson always condemned the word anecdotes as used in the sense that the french and we from them use it as signifying particulars 
letters of boswell page three one one in his dictionary he defined anecdotes something yet unpublished secret history in the fourth edition he added it is now used after the french for a biographical incident a minute passage of private life End of footnote. our next meeting at the mitre was on saturday the fifteenth of february when i presented to him my old and most intimate friend the reverend mr temple then of cambridge i having mentioned that i had passed some time with rousseau in his wild retreat footnote, boswell writing to wilkes in seventeen seventy seven said though we differ widely in religion and politics il y a des points où nos âmes sont animées as rousseau said to me in his wild retreat ullman's wilkes end of footnote. and having quoted some remark made by mr wilkes with whom i had spent many pleasant hours in italy johnson said sarcastically Sir, you have kept very good company abroad rousseau and wilkes thinking it enough to defend one at a time i said nothing as to my gay friend but answered with a smile my dear sir you don't call rousseau bad company do you really think him a bad man johnson sir if you are talking jestingly of this i don't talk with you if you mean to be serious i think him one of the worst of men a rascal who ought to be hunted out of society as he has been three or four nations have expelled him and it is a shame that he is protected in this country footnote rousseau fled from france in seventeen sixty two a few days later his arrest was ordered at geneva he fled from neufchatel in seventeen sixty three and soon afterwards he was banished from berne nouvelle biographie générale he had come to england with david hume a few weeks before this conversation was held and was at this time in chiswick hume's private correspondence End footnote. Boswell. i don't deny sir but that his novel may perhaps do harm footnote rousseau had by this time published his nouvelle eloise and emile and a footnote but i cannot think his intention was bad johnson sir that will not do we cannot prove any man's intention to be bad you may shoot a man through the head and say you intended to miss him but the judge will order you to be hanged an alleged want of intention when evil is committed will not be allowed in a court of justice rousseau sir is a very bad man i would sooner sign a sentence for his transportation than that of any felon who has gone from the old bailey this many years sir i should like to have him work in the plantations footnote less than three months after the date of this conversation rousseau wrote to general conway one of the secretaries of state thanking him for the pension which george the third proposed secretly to confer on him hume's private correspondence miss burney in her preface to evelina a novel which was her introduction to johnson's strong affection 
Mentioning Rousseau and Johnson, adds in a footnote, However superior the capacities in which these great writers deserve to be considered, they must pardon me that, for the dignity of my subject, I here rank the authors of Rasselas and Eloise as novelists. End of footnote. Boswell, sir, do you think him as bad a man as Voltaire? Johnson. I say it is difficult to settle the proportion of iniquity between them. Footnote. Rousseau thus wrote of himself. Dieu est juste, il veut que je souffre, and il sait que je suis innocent. Voilà le motif de ma confiance. Mon cœur et ma raison me crient qu'elle ne me trompera pas. Laissons donc faire les hommes et la destinée. Apprenons à souffrir sans murmure. Tout doit à la fin rentrer dans l'ordre, et mon tour viendra tôt ou tard. Rousseau's works. End of footnote. This violence seemed very strange to me, who had read many of Rousseau's animated writings with great pleasure, and even edification, had been much pleased with his society, and was just come from the continent, where he was very generally admired. Footnote. He entertained me very courteously, wrote Boswell in his Corsica, page 140, end of footnote. Nor can I yet allow that he deserves the very severe censure which Johnson pronounced upon him. His absurd preference of savage to civilised life and other singularities are proofs rather of a defect in his understanding than of any depravity in his heart. Footnote. In this preference, Boswell pretended at times to share. See post September the thirtieth, seventeen sixty-nine. End of footnote. And notwithstanding the unfavourable opinion which many worthy men have expressed of his profession de foi du vicaire Savoyard, I cannot help admiring it as the performance of a man full of sincere reverential submission to divine mystery, though beset with perplexing doubts. A state of mind to be viewed with pity rather than with anger. On his favourite subject of subordination, Johnson said, So far is it from being true that men are naturally equal, that no two people can be half an hour together, but one shall acquire an evident superiority over the other. Footnote. Johnson seems once to have held this view to some extent. For writing of Savage's poem on public spirit, he says, works volume 8, page 156, he has asserted the natural equality of mankind, and endeavoured to suppress that pride which inclines men to imagine that right is the consequence of power. See also post September the 23rd, 1777, where he asserts, It is impossible not to conceive that men in their original state were equal. For the opposite opinion, see Ante, June the 25th, 1763. I mentioned the advice given us by philosophers to console ourselves when distressed or embarrassed by thinking of those who are in a worse situation than ourselves. This, I observed, could not apply to all, for there must be some who have nobody worse than they are. Johnson 
why to be sure sir there are but they don't know it there is no being so poor and so contemptible who does not think there is somebody still poorer and still more contemptible end of section two